and welcome to the first episode of the For, for Discussion's Sake podcast. That's gone well already, hasn't it? We don't know yes, don't know how long this is going to last. It may be for like three weeks, but oh well, we're starting here. So yeah, welcome to episode one, where this week we'll be talking about albums from Car Seat Headrest, and you will know us by the Trail of the Dead, and Shikari, and the 1975. But, but first, first let's, let's review, review the single, the single of, of the week, week slash, slash last week. Yeah, it did technically come out last week, but we're late. Yeah, so, Jared. <coughs> yes. Idols. New song. Idols. Called right. Mr. Motivator. Yes. What do you think? Uh, so, I, I thought it was good. It definitely sounded like an Idol song. Yeah, I don't think they could really do anything else. I think that's... No. Like, you, yeah. yeah. They, they've, sort they've sort of got their got sound now. They have to stick with it, probably. <laughs> Unless they decide to go experimental. I'd like to see an experimental Idol song. But back on Mr. Motivator, because we said we weren't going to do tangents off of yeah. <laughs> random things like experimental Idols. I, I thought it was more brutalism than joy, which I enjoyed. Yeah, because brutalism it, it, is better than joy. Its its production was a lot more harsh. The guitars yeah. weren't like smooth. Yeah, it was a lot more abrasive than what most yeah. of joy was. I mean, it's sort of hard for me to talk about idols at the moment because I've sort of fallen out with them. Why is that, Kevin? <laughs> Cheesiest <laughs> fuck. Um, yeah, as in like because I feel like everyone who listens to idols, you f- like you discover idols, and then you have a month or so more where you think idols are like the greatest new band. They're the best because you know they're funny. They've got character. What's not to like? But I feel like the more that I've gone on knowing them the more I've not listened to them. And yeah, the, I get that. The more I've started to listen to bands that are like them instead. Yeah. Like, instead of actually listening to idols, I'll listen to bands that they've recommended or bands that they've been on tour with. Prime example being Crows. You know? Yeah. Bands like that, bands like Mets that they had on their last tour, bands that, like, they recommend, I personally would prefer to listen to rather than actually them. Yeah, I get that. But not they, like, because their sound is so similar, and like every song they've done is pretty much that sound, give or take. It, I mean, if we take Joy off, that's definitely true. Yeah. But and Joy, there's slight differences, but it all sounds the same. So when you listen to Idols, like Idols all the time, and you just listen to it, sounds like the same song over and over again. You may as well just have the first song of Brutalism on repeat. Yeah. I mean, the second half of Joy is pretty much the same song, just in yeah. different keys. Yeah. You know, like... And a slightly different drum beat. Yeah. With you know, like give or take, take one tom. Television, great. All of those are... They're, yeah. they're quite similar. Yeah. I mean, then again, they do have their songs that are a bit different, that are a bit more... Yeah. You know, like, 
even though it's one of the longest songs they have, I'd probably listen to Colossus more than any other Idol song. Yeah, but actually, it's like the most different one. Yeah, it's the one that isn't just sarcasm and the messy guitars. Yeah, because yeah. to be honest, I don't think Idols are ever gonna play anything that they're not already doing. Because yeah. I can't imagine any of the members in anything other than what they're doing. Yeah. As in, like, Jim Imagine and... a dentist in an indie band. Yeah, like, Jim and Lee's guitar work, for as good as it is, I can't imagine their sloppy, messy guitar work would work yeah. in many other bands. I, I don't think they get hired to depth for, for any of the bands. Yeah, so... so for Mr. Motivator, it's good. Yeah. I've I've put it on my, like, new releases playlist, just in case the more I listen to it, the more I get into it. But yeah. as far as I can tell from this one single, as good as it is, album three, whenever it comes, end of this year, start of next year, I can already tell that it's going to be a bit of a disappointment, but that's just because, yeah, unless they change something up, yeah. Is this going to get a bit old quite quick? Yeah. Actually, something with this single that I thought I'd bring up that I don't think you've seen. You remember the band Kermies? Yes, I remember the band Kermies. Who supported the criminally underrated band Taco Hell at the Bodega. Yes. Which you should definitely, Taco definitely go listen to if you haven't. But um, I remember... They deserve everything. I remember Taco when, Hell. when we saw Kermies in Bodega, they came on. They played about, what, 25 minutes of just rowdy yeah. punk songs and then fucked off. And I was like, that's just cool. Yeah. And then their album came yeah. out and it was a bit like... Uh, it was a bit less cool. Yeah. yeah. It was like, I don't think I'd listen to it again. No, I would not. And um, when Mr. Motivator came out, Kermis had a rant at Idols on their Instagram story. Which I thought was a bit of a, I don't want to say cheap shot, but I think it was a bit of an unjustified argument where yeah. they used about seven or eight slides of their Instagram story to essentially go on a rant about how idols promote feminism, equality, they don't want toxic masculinity and stuff, but then they never back it up and always... So it's so they pretty much accused idols of saying, "Hey, we're feminists. We don't like men who push other women around." But then they actually they're only saying that so that they attract more attention. I thought yeah. it was a bit of an unjust argument. I just thought yeah. I'd get your opinion on it because I just thought it was a bit weird. Yeah. Lots of people do the same thing. Yeah. I don't think idols are the first. I don't think they'll be the last. I don't even think idols do it that much. Mm. Like un unjustify what they're what they're saying and what the songs mean to them. Mm. Like when we saw them in was it Leeds? Yeah. Did we see them in Leeds? Leeds. Yeah, Leeds. When we saw them in Leeds, they like he was he was explaining what the songs meant to him while he was doing them. And like He'd justify why he said what he said on the stage performing. And I think that's yeah. what he's trying to do. It, it, 
I think the context of him explaining them is quite important. Yeah. Because their songs probably could come across in the wrong way if you don't know anything about them. It was just, uh, I only thought I'd bring it up because I was just browsing yeah. through Instagram and then I saw Kirby's having a go at um, idols for being fake feminists and I thought, what are you on about? Just getting angry over nothing. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I can agree with them sort of doing it to look good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they do the thing that Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes also do, where they'll do a song, but before it, obviously Joe for Idols, Frank for Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes, will go, right, men, get out. This song, women in the pit only. Only women. Yeah. To me, I'm like, it's a cool sentiment, but is it really needed? No, it is. It's not really like gender equality. It's well, yeah, cause, just making. Cause, I mean, it's just separating the genders. I mean, you make the argument of why don't they do a song with only men in the pit, and then you just get a bunch of people going, "Well, there's only men anyway." And it's like, no, fuck off. No, there isn't. You know, yeah. when we saw Idols in December, I'm saying it was a good yeah. even split. Fifty-fifty was women and men. There was a yeah. lot of. It was fifty-fifty. I'm, I'm comfortable in saying yeah. it was about even. But then again, it's not just idols; it's lots of bands I see. For example, yeah. February, just before all this shit virus stuff went off, we when we saw Caged Elephant in Birmingham, yeah, there was a loads of women there as well. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to sound like I'm just going, oh, women were there, therefore it's equal. But as in, like, there are examples of shows I can remember where. The crowd was pretty much an even split of men and women. Yeah. So I think it's sort of important to sort of recognise you don't need to go on record and go, we are a feminist band, we care about our female fans. You don't really need to do that because I think people will these days sort of take it for granted that people support equality. Because I don't think I'd presume anybody's not a fan of equality. Unless it's like... I'm trying to think of an example now. Phil Collins. There you go. There's an example. Yeah. <laughs> Phil Collins uh, doesn't support equality, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> but anyway... Wikipedia should deem us a not reliable news source. <laughs> As unreliable. The truth is we don't know whether Phil Collins no. uh, supports... Well, anything. I know he doesn't support drumming anymore. Wait. Broke his hand. Probably supports Boris, doesn't he? Probably. Probably. <laughs> With all the money he's got, you can't afford to. Um, yeah. Anyway, back to the actual single. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I'd bring up the issue that Kermie's brought up with it. Yeah. Is but it a valid issue? It's a valid issue. It's just I think they brought it up with the wrong band. Yeah. With the wrong song. Because yeah. I've looked at the lyrics. I've listened to the song multiple times. And I don't see any way they could interpret the song as being a men are the best song. Yeah. Because the whole song is just about getting people active. Yeah. I don't really see how that's <laughs> not like supporting equality. But then again... I'm not a member of that group. I'm not a member of the 
female gender. So I don't yeah. understand things the way they do. But so it might be an yeah. issue, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, sometime we should get a female on here uh, to really blow these issues. I'll go. Well, I'll go outside. Hello. I'll grab a random woman with a neck <laughs> and force her to sit down and talk to yes, us about yes. equality. Right. right so before we get on the tangent about <laughs> equality, let's... Mr. Motivator by Idols. It's pretty good if you like yeah. punk yeah. and idols. You'll probably like it. Is all you can really say. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely one of their good songs. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Right, should we move on to the album? Yeah. Right. Uh, which one do you want to do first? Uh, let's start with. Because there's probably the least to say about it. Let's start with Trailer Dead. Right. Okay. So I have I have notes for pretty much every song. I know we weren't doing songs in full. Yeah, well at least I we have enough to talk about. I could mention the bits in it. Yeah. If you know what I mean. So if I did one big list it'd be like, Oh, I like the delay vocals, but like there were delay vocals <laughs> on certain bits yeah. of each song. Right. Yeah. So X. The Godless Void and Other X. Stories. It's the tenth album from And You Will Know Us by the Trail of Dead. Who a very good tenth album. Who I class as art rock slash prog rock. I would say legends, because they are. I'd give you that as well. Okay, so what what I'm gonna say is I've got quite a lot of experience with this band. I've heard every one of their albums. I saw them live in January at the Bodega. So, all I'll say is, I think this album's very good. That's all. I, that's all I'll really say. And I'm gonna leave it to you because you're a first-time listener. So I'm interested in what the yes, first-time listener. Yes, I am is. a first-time listener. So, um, Jared. So I haven't heard any of the other albums before. This is my first introduction to the artist. Can't remember the name. Not gonna look it up now. Um. So. Uh, the way I made notes was I did it in tracks. Um, one thing I'll say about the album in full, because I did do some of them. The first note I made, which probably shouldn't have made now, uh, was Straight Up Fire. Because oh, it is. <laughs> it's a great album. It's, it's lit, I think there was bro. only three tracks that didn't, that didn't, like, didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that there is a couple that are... Uh, shaky. Yeah. I won't say they're bad. Um, yeah. Just I think I definitely like the first half more than the second half, but that's literally because there were more songs that didn't do anything for me on the second half than there was in the first half. I again, also I felt like the slower ones were more in the second half yeah. compared to the first half. Yeah. Um. Like most of the songs reminded me of other bands. Yeah, you know what I mean. A lot so of like them... track five, that was just the Cage the Elephant song. They have a lot of inspirations yeah. going. I'm just and get... track four was Holies for Heroes. I'm just gonna get up the track listing because I've forgotten what yeah. it is. 
Track five. You mean Don't, don't Look, look down. down? That's my favourite yeah. song on the album. Yeah, I can see why. It's a great song. Uh, in my notes, I literally put straight up. It, 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 um, do you have a favourite? Just wondering if we disagree. Um, I, I really liked I mean, I'm go- uh, Into the Godless Void. Track I'm, four. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Everything from track two to like track six is like joint first. Yeah. I um Godless yeah. Void is one of the I think it's like the only song on this album that's not sung by the lead vocalist. So that's, in, that's very interesting. The lead vocalist is called Comrade. And right. um essentially he's like the mastermind behind most of it, along with the guy who sings on Into the Godless Void. He's right. normally the drummer. Right. But for that song, well, when I saw them live, they did it. The guy who's on drums who sings it, he comes around, yeah. I've forgotten his name. It's like Jason something, I think. He plays guitar for that song, and singer Conrad either moves to rhythm guitar, he moves to drums. Almost every song, right. they have about five people on stage, every song, they flip. So they all, cool. they all play the different instruments, so like they all play synths and drums and stuff like that so they change around what they play to make different sets fun to play obviously yeah. Conrad stays mostly on guitar and vocal because he does most of the vocals yeah actually I'm just going to quickly get up the set list that they did just in case that it would be helpful to us so right so yeah. you like this album I'm guessing yes very much so in fact, on my notes, uh, as well as Straight Up Fire, I put Very Good. <laughs> it's high praise there. You, I tell Very you what, high praise. You, you can tell that this is our first time doing this, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> I can, and I'm in it. Fun fact, Jared. Yes. You know 7th of March? Yeah. On the 7th of March, they played The Cookie in Leicester. Ooh, where I we like saw yeah, where we saw crows last December. Um, yeah. so, uh, live. I'm just trying to find my call. There we go. I can see you again. Um, live they did five songs from the album. Right. They did. Don't it's a good look, amount of songs. Yeah, they opened with the opening track. So they walked on right. to opening crescendo and then went straight into All Who Wonder, I think is the opening. They yeah. did Don't Look Down and they did Into the Godless Void. Right. And the only other one they did off that album was Children of the Sky, which I like, but I wouldn't have put on there. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought Children of the Sky sort of started out as like an acoustic oasis song. Yeah. And then it went somewhere electronic. I saw, I said Vessel. Yeah. I thought it was sort of, you know, yeah, it sounded a bit vesselly. Yeah, in the more. And then it went back to acoustic oasis. Yeah, it's it was sort of a more it's sort of more playful synthetic sounds more than anything. Yeah. And um, I think, just in general, and this is going to sound a bit a, a bit cheesy and cringy, but this album's sort of like less an album, more of an experience. Yeah, I totally get that. Just because of how sonically linked every track is. Yeah. As in, like, 
none of the tracks are linked. Like, none of them fade into each other. None of them are reprise or part two of anything. But they all manage yeah. to sound similar. Yeah. Which I think is quite impressive. Yeah, it's very impressive. But I think one of the main things that makes this album sort of stand out for me. Yeah. The obviously when I say instrumentation, it's just the oh, guitars, the drums are loud. Yes, because some of the guitar work in this is great. They've yeah. managed to make me like a wah pedal, which no one's ever been able to do. I'm not a <laughs> fan of a wah pedal. Um, but the way they use I guess you could call it orchestral elements yeah but they make them sound electronic yeah I don't know whether this album was recorded with like live string section or whatever I don't know if they just played it on a MIDI keyboard but they managed to make these big open spaces get filled with you know, there's like, at one point, there's like fucking harps and shit going on. You know. Yeah. Like. Oh, I, I quite like the harps. In All Who Wonder, especially. Yeah. It, it fitted really well. Because it had just come out of that big crescendo. Yeah. And it had then gone down to just um, harps and bass. It's... Yeah. They start and then the harps come in. I don't, I don't think you'd, you'd get another album. You'd be hard pressed to find an album that drops out of a crescendo into bass and harps. Yeah, but it they make it. So but they well. make it sound normal. Yeah, which is one of the things that this band does well. And obviously, you won't yeah. know because it's your first time listening to them. But across, I won't say all of them, but certainly their last four or five albums. They really started experimenting with this. Just putting instruments you wouldn't expect to hear in a rock record. Just yeah. put it in a random place. Bang. There you go. Oh, that sounds half decent. We'll stick that on the album. That's pretty much what they do. If only it was that easy. I know. No, oh, I wish. But I'd, right, I'd like to bring up one thing. Yeah. My favourite aspect of this album as a whole. It's not the harps, it's not the guitars, it's not the drums. For me, the cherry on the cake that ties this entire album together, vocal melodies. Oh yes, the melodies to every song are somehow memorable, catchy, but also not like annoyingly catchy. Yeah. They're not like baby, baby, baby. They're more like we're keeping that in. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like actual melodies that, don't get me wrong, at times can be a bit confusing because they flip time signatures yeah. whenever they want to. But the vocal melodies tie the instrumentation all together in a ni- nice little bow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it just seems like so much thought was actually put into this album. Yeah. So much like genuine. Like, I can imagine them sitting down listening to the track in the studio and then going, actually, you know what? What if we lowered the volume of that thing and maybe we put this thing in it? And then they'd go in, they'd record a little thing on a random instrument for this, like, two bars. 
And it would literally yeah. be a sound that's in two bars of the song yeah. and then never comes back, which is what prog rock does a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, he... There's no, like, massive gaps where I felt it needed something. Mm. It was all just there already, laid out on a platter, as mm. it were. <laughs> I think what you brought up earlier was quite interesting in the fact that the slower songs, which mostly make up the second half of the record, don't do as yeah. much for you. Yeah. Because I'm the same. Yeah. But I don't think it's in the fact that they're slow songs. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not the fact that they're slow songs, because I like slow songs most of the time. And I I just want to say that the slow songs on this album are still better than most yeah. slow songs on most albums. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's just... Like, it's just one, once you go from the opening crescendo and like the first seven, six, seven tracks, which are all, and then you get like Children of the Sky, Who Haunts the Haunter, and then through the sunlit. Uh, no, there was another, there's some more in between, but I didn't make notes on the others. But you get those like cluster of three or four yeah. tracks, which are just like it, it's lower like, energy. It's like the first real break you get is gone. Yeah, but that's only for and like that's, the, that's only for like the first two minutes fourteen seconds. Because like first... after that, they, they do a crescendo thing <laughs> again, massive, and it just drops out and it's great. into the acoustic oasis song. Yeah, so I think I think what the pro- my one problem with this album is, I yeah. think this is like the one problem that stops it being like a top tier. Good God, this record is incredible. What keeps it just being a very good record? It's the pacing. Yeah. Which is why I don't like the second half as much. Yeah. It seems like they put all the loud, crescendoing, faster songs on the first yeah. half, and then all the slower, more, I guess you could say, in some instrumentally experimental at the back. Yeah. I think if yeah. they'd have flipped them about and dispersed the tracks better, it yeah. probably would have worked a bit more. It's just after yeah, I w- six tracks of pure adrenaline crescendos and massive vocal melodies straight into about four tracks of nothing yeah it's a bit like i would have definitely liked a bigger closer yeah i thought the one they had worked it worked well and it did the job yeah like it sounded like a closing song but i thought if they had something bigger at the end Mm. it would have made me more motivated about the album if you know what i mean to listen to it again yeah so, I don't know, just some of them... So, don't get me wrong, they're still all very good songs. Yeah. I mean, one of them isn't exactly... I wouldn't say it's a song that is needed. Track 9, Eyes of the Overworld. Yeah. It's like 1 minute 50 seconds long, it's not... Yeah. yeah. But then again, shoving a 5 minutes and 47 second long song as second to last... Yeah. It's quite a bold move. Yeah. But then again, all the popular ones that... Well, I say popular ones. All the ones that we like are four minutes, close to four minutes. Yeah. But they don't feel it, if you know what I mean. Because they're so loud and the vocals keep coming back in and changing, you don't feel the time. Because with slower songs, because things aren't coming at you at such a fast pace... You have more time to pay attention to the details, and if the details aren't yeah. as structured or as quick as they are in the faster yeah. songs, you tend to notice the time a bit more. 
which is why lots of slow yeah. songs feel longer instead of louder ones. There's lots of repetition on the slower songs as well. Yeah, there is. A bit, is. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, it's a very good album. Yeah, like, it's the, a very good album. The songs that are on it, that, like... To be honest, I choose to listen to all of them. Yeah. Just more, some more than others. I think, yeah. yeah. So, just as a whole... I like it quite a lot. As do I. I would recommend it to people if they ask me, oh, I've just discovered a really long band name and I want to listen to some music by them. Do you know any? And would, Do you know an album to suggest? <laughs> and then I'd say this one. Hello, sir. Like, you walk into, like, HMV. Can you recommend <laughs> me a band with a very long name? <laughs> I mean, but then... Actually thing I think could be quite important to recognise uh, yeah. when I saw them at Bodega in March, I said January it was 2nd of March the yeah. stuff off this album was the um, the songs that they played off this album live yeah. were the songs that felt like they dragged on the most yeah. which I find quite interesting because they don't drag on on the album. When I'm listening to them, they don't. But for some reason, when I yeah. saw them, when they played them live, I don't even think they added instrumentals to them. They, they didn't extend them at all. It's just live. They seem to not be as... I don't know how to describe it. They uh, weren't... They, I don't. Yeah. They could have been a bit bigger. Don't get me wrong, it was big. Yeah. They were loud. They were all over the place, but... It was a bit sort of lackluster live, which I find really interesting. Yeah. Because they played some songs from older albums, which I like songs that I thought were good, but I didn't like as much as the newer album. And yeah. I preferred them live, even though studio I prefer I preferred this album. Like yeah. I think it's like their second album. It's called Madonna. It was like the album that really brought them into the spotlight because what it sounds really weird but like when we were like growing up or like as we were pretty much being born in like 2003 they were big they were like in nme they were big as like the next big prog rock band yeah and then they just they didn't stop making music it's just companies like nme and stuff and rolling stone just stopped covering them for some reason and i don't understand but yeah, one of their first records is called Madonna, and they played two songs off of that. Like, they played Mistakes and Regrets and Claire de Lune off those albums. And right. I prefer the songs off of this album. But live, yeah. it's the other way around, which I find quite interesting. Because normally, yeah. it's, you know, the albums you prefer on the album. But what? the songs you like on the album are the ones you like the most live. Yeah. But then again, I have been proved wrong before. Songs that I don't yeah. like have been good live. Yeah. But then again, I'm just waiting for them to come back and do another album. But God knows how long that'll be. There was a six-year gap between this and their last album. Flipping heck. Do you know why it was six years? Why? The singer Conrad, yeah, he lived in Cambodia for six years. <laughs> he moved to Cambodia to, like, sort of get away from cities and stuff 
and he made, he made this album sort of about what he found and some of the local stuff he heard from people. Right. But I mean, I still don't find it lyrically that interesting. No. The yeah. lyrics did seem a bit, you know... Yeah. They weren't... But I'm willing to forgive it because if you've got instrumentation that's this good, you don't need epic lyrical content. Yeah. yeah. I often find the simpler lyrics... Well, the better the music is, as it were, like the more yeah. stuff in the music there is, the less, the less I focus on the lyrics anyway. Yeah. That's natural. Yeah. Right. Is that all you have to say? Um... For this album, yeah. There, yeah. Were, there were other bits, but they're for individual songs, and it seems like we've wrapped this up nicely with that. So, <laughs> right. just... So, X, The Goddess Void and Other Stories by And You Will Know Us by The Trail of Dead. It's been That's out for... long name. It's been out for... <laughs> poor, five months now. It came out in January. But, right. yeah. Right, should we segue... Yes. Let's uh, segue. So, insert cool segue. Alright, <laughs> next album. What album are we doing now? The next album is Making a Door Less Open by the band Car right. Seat Headrest. This is the 12th okay. studio album. 12th. And it's the first in four years from the... I did wonder why when I was looking at the producer, they had a lot of songs yeah. for this band. And um, it's their first album in four years. And they something I was surprised to find out when I was researching a bit more about them. Have you ever heard of this band? No. I'd heard of them, but only because they were mentioned by some random people in like some edgy... I know better than you indie music magazine things. Right. Turns out they have never been in the charts in England at all. Rock, mainstream, they've never been in the charts. But they've headlined and sold out Brixton Academy. I find that fascinating. So do I. How a band cannot achieve mainstream success but still be talked about enough yeah. to headline Brixton. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing. It's just weird. Because in America, they're huge. Yeah. They're, they're one of those indie rock bands that suddenly got picked up by a record company and then everyone went, hey, oh, there's a new indie rock band in town that makes me feel sad and I like it. So and then everyone was like, oh, have you heard this new great indie rock band called Car Seat Headrest? And I think you, you might be a bit confused by the fact that I'm saying indie rock. Well, this I'm, album, I'm not confused because well, I literally wrote that literally on wrote that my review somewhere. In amongst all the words. Right. The singer is called Will Toledo. He's pretty much... Yeah. yeah. This band saw like Tame Impala in the way that it's pretty much one guy does pretty much everything and they release yeah, it under a yeah. band to perform it live. So the singer Will Toledo 
Describe this album as a kid A curveball. Which is quite accurate. Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing, much like Trailer of the Dead, you've not heard any of this, anything from this no, band. No. Okay. No, no. Imagine. From this band. Kid A Curveball is a very good description of this album from yeah, the yeah. singer. Because. Much like Radiohead did, this is pretty much their first album that focuses heavily on electronics. Yeah. yeah. Imagine this album if you took out all of the synthesizers, all of the dancey segments, all of the, you know, the more synthesizer-based segments. Yeah. And replaced it with the crunchy guitars and the sad boy lyrics of most modern indie rock bands. Yeah. That's what Car Headrests have been. Yeah. Up until this album, they were I'm gonna whine about my life because it's hard and I'm gonna make a lot of noise with my guitar while doing it. And yeah. this album flipped their sound completely on its head without warning their audience. Yeah. So before we get into the actual album, I'd just like to ask do you think that was a good decision? Because by completely flipping their sound without warning anyone, they pretty much alienate their existing fan base by saying, hey, I know you like this rough indie rock sound we have, but we're not doing that anymore. We're making music for other people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially because they they released two of their most critically acclaimed albums in the space of seven months and then disappeared for four years, and then came back with this. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it was necessarily a bad idea. At the end of the day, you have to make music that makes you happy and wants, wants you know, that you want to make music for. That probably didn't make sense, but I've said it. No, it did. Um, it did make sense. So, sort of making the same music for ages... Just, just because, because your, fans your fans are there and they, they like it. Yeah. I definitely think they have to do what's right, right for them and not, not for the fans. fans. Yeah. I saw positives and negatives to it because yeah. obviously there is that negative of your entire fan base might just go, nah, I'm okay then. And you could go from playing... Like, in terms of what venues we know, you could go from playing, like, Oto Academy, like, Birmingham, to playing yeah. somewhere like the Bodega, because you've changed your sound, and people don't want to see you anymore, because they don't want to hear the new sound stuff. Yeah. But then again, I think it is a positive thing, for the same reason you've just said. It's important for artists to not be ruled by their fans. I know quite a few I could probably name a couple of bands that are sort of driven by the fact that I think they're scared to do anything different because it will, because they're scared people will go, oh, I don't like them anymore. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, that is a decision you have to think of, but I don't think it's not worth taking the risk. I'd rather an artist be happy and make what they want to make. Yeah. You know, even if I'm not a fan of it, I will still yeah. be happy if they're making what they want to make. As long as they're not, like, cashing in on some 
new trend. <laughs> you know, as long as they don't go, oh, we we were a we were a hardcore punk band, but Britpop's making a revival. Let's make a Britpop album, lads. And then they make a Britpop album for the sake of making one because it'll make money. Then I'll say, no, yeah, yeah. that's not right. But if it's a band that's just making it because it's genuinely what they want to make, I don't really have yeah. a problem with it. I mean, we could say the same thing about the new Green Day record, but <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't really want to talk about that album. I don't think anyone wants to talk about that album. Uh, save, save it for a rainy, rainy day. day. Oh, there's a lot going on with that album that I just cannot be asked to yeah. get into. But yeah, so I personally don't mind that they flipped their sound. Yeah, same. But then again, I don't know if that's because I wasn't an avid fan of their old sound. Like, we've got to think, yeah. if we had been fans when they released their first album, we'd listened to every album through and loved it. And then suddenly they were like, hey, flipped our sound. Would we still have the same opinion? And I'm not sure. Because knowing me, I'd get latched onto that sound and really love it. Yeah. I think, okay, so I'm going to take example from Arctic Monkeys here. Because every album apart from the most recent one... It's a good comparison, actually. ...was, like, indie rock. Yeah. yeah. And then they changed to whatever that last album was. Jazz? <laughs> I, I like jazz, say, I, I like, synth pop. I like to say lobby music. Yeah, lobby music. Let's so they changed to, the to that. Let's all go to the lobby for the dancing popcorn. <laughs> I know what I'm on about. Uh, right. Yeah. Right, so, yeah, so um, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Take example from that. I think I would have definitely given it a good listen. Wait. Like, because yeah. you can't just say, if, if a band say, oh, we completely changed our sound, you can't just, oh, they changed their sound, I'm not even going to listen to the album. So I'd definitely give it a listen. I think the, um, compa- I think the comparison to the oh, Isaac Monkeys thing, I can yeah. quickly sum up with one thing I saw on a Radio X post. You know how Radio yeah. X love all things Arctic Monkeys and Oasis and all that stuff? Um, yeah. About a month after Tranquility Base came out, I promise yeah. this is a good comparison. Um, they put, does it, has anyone changed their mind yet? Or does everyone still think it's bad? And this one bloke commented, it is a shit Arctic Monkeys album. And some bloke just responded with, perfectly, yeah, it might be, but it's a good album. Yeah. So it's the but... thing of, do you At the judge end of the it? Day, do, that's it. Do you judge it by what the band's previously done, or do you judge it as a central one piece of work? Because I tend to view most albums as a whole. You know, yeah. it's not connected to anything else. It's a thing that exists by itself. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, I think everyone should do that. I think that's the that's the only fair way to judge yeah, music yeah, is if yeah. you judge it by itself instead and not of, just yeah instead of comparing from their it to last stuff. album or EP yeah instead of comparing it to stuff that to be honest isn't even vaguely related you know yeah. that that that'd be like me going oh that new Bring Me the Horizon song is a bit crap you know uh, you know yeah, it's just a bit crap because you know compared to that new Dua Lipa song. 
It's a pick. It was a joke. I don't like Dua Lipa. It was just the first thing that came to my head. Yeah. Although on that last EP they did sound a bit like Dua Lipa. I think Dua Lipa featured on it actually. That's probably a bad example, probably. but I don't care. Um, <laughs> so, right. Enough with this random discussion. Into the actual album. Yeah. My main thing I liked. I thought the production was quite good. I thought the production was quite good as well. For a, um, I thought for the production an album, was definitely better than better some of the albums, the albums that, well, one that, one, one that album in particular that we're going to be mentioning. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to start dropping hints, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Certain <laughs> album we're going to be mentioning. In yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, yeah. The, I thought the production was way better than a particular album, it, which you'll see it soon. Sort of. It's a tough job balancing the. <laughs> I think. Um, I don't, uh, it's hard to describe. It's. From what we have. Well, from what I've experienced as well, with one, mixing and like production ourselves, and also comparing mixing and production to other albums, it's quite hard to draw that line between getting guitars to sound good getting synths to sound good, getting electronic drums to sound good, getting acoustic drums to sound good, and then mashing them all together and get them to all still sound like an individual piece. Yeah, it is very difficult lots of to al- do that. Lots of albums that shove guitar and synths and different drums in together, it ends up just sounding like one big meld of different rhythms. Whereas I feel like yeah. this album, almost every song you could pick out into its individual bits. Because it's produced yeah. in a way that sounds like everything's been just put on top of one another. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with that. I was looking at the producers for this album. They also produced all of this band's other stuff as well. Which is even more impressive. Yeah. <laughs> you can go from mixing a sad boy indie rock record to a weird dance inspired... Yeah. Because the uh, thing is... I don't want to say electronic inspired because most yeah. of the sections on here that like crescendo into a big drop and a you know the beat comes in and the main synth melody comes in yeah. it is quite dance I don't think there's really any other other way of putting it it's yeah. it's just quite dance you know there's no complex rhythms of like house or jungle yeah I've also just been reliably informed by Genius Lyrics that the producers are also in the band. So, that helps. Ah, I didn't know that either. The lead singer... loads about this. I'm not surprised about that. It's the, yeah, it's the lead singer and the drummer, Andrew the lyrics, the lyrics are quite... They're sort of personal, but then they also get quite social commentary. Um, I don't know if, so, um, so I'm just going to continue. Yeah, I'm just going to cut in because okay. I've got a quote from Will, I believe, um, who said, creating this new material and putting something fresh on at the end of it, but it's also tapping in into this darker energy, this almost sort of Edgar Allan Poe morbidity. morbidity. It's about forbidden attraction, wanting to go somewhere... That That's you're not. Um, and, and before, before I took the quote, he also said on it that he was in a good mental health space for this album. 
which is yeah, why... which I find a bit yeah, weird, yeah. if I'm honest. Because yeah, yeah. some of the lyrics on this thing are really weird and dark. Yeah. Um, in case you didn't know, touring this album, or what they were going to tour of this album, the singer, Will, started wearing yeah. a gas mask as like a alter ego character type thing. So on stage, because he still has massive stage fright, apparently. So he wears this mask so he feels like he's someone else when he's yeah. performing, which sort of makes sense. And that's, yeah. I think, part of this album's lyrical content and stuff is written from the perspective of his alter ego character. Yeah. But, I mean, some of it's dark as hell, man. Yeah, the song Hollywood, with yeah. um, good and evil only people, they don't talk about the 12-year-olds waking up in the beds of big producers. Yeah. Like, I was like, Jesus Christ. Like I wasn't expecting it because most of the lyrics were. I'm gonna be honest. Some of the lyrics are goddamn cheesy, and make me go a little bit. Yeah. yeah. They make me wince a bit because I find them a bit unbr- like the opening song "Weightlifts." He's talking about. Yeah. He's, he was just going to the market and then he says like, "I'm just here to buy some tangerines and maybe some grapes without seeds," and yeah. like when I heard that, I sort of went, "What?" I was like, what? Because you're not have thought of anything else to put in that space. Yeah. For, okay, so on the first song, I thought the mixing on the first song was amazing. So was the production. That, that droning at the start. Yeah. This sounds like a fly. Yeah. I quite, I quite liked how the bass line was only really doing stuff in the gap from when the drum had done his thing. And there was like... So, like, the, the drum beat was happening, and then the drummer did the tom thing. Yeah. I swear we're musicians. I swear. <laughs> Does it sound like it? We are. We, we're musicians, right? So, uh, he does a tom thing, and then when the tom thing's finished, he just goes back to playing the beat. And that's where... And then the bass does something in that gap. So, it's the same thing, you know, we're talking on the other album. The... That... One with the long name, um, yep. Yep. X. We'll call yes. it X. Just call it X. How, when something else isn't happening, something is. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like it's like it's like they did that with this first song very well. Mm. Uh, this was the song where the famous quote, by famous I mean I wrote it, so it's famous. Um, where I put, I enjoyed this song and listening to it has made me a better person. There you go, folks. There you go. This album makes you a better person. Um, well, the song. Qu- the first song. <laughs> question. Yeah. Do you have a favourite track? Uh, well, I, I, I didn't really think about a favourite track. If I had to say any off the top of my head, it'd probably be a... Uh, I quite liked... Um... Deadlines, thought, full. Ooh. Ooh. Hang on, let me check. I have the track list somewhere. I want. I wasn't going. On my to notes, move. I just put thoughtful, and then the track placing. I didn't actually put. Yeah, that would be. Uh, I put deadlines, and then the track placing. I didn't actually put the thoughtful yeah. or hostile. I put. Yeah, I think thoughtful. 
I wrote down more for thoughtful. See, I, I said, think I got more out of it. I said thoughtful or hostile. Yeah. The only reason I liked hostile was because the vocals reminded me a lot of Julian Casablancas of The Strokes. Right. With the right. really simple drum beat with just him yeah, really yeah. monotone rambling over the top of it. It just reminded me a lot of The Strokes, but in a way that I like because The Strokes are a bit crap. Yeah, that's for another day. I, I very similar. I said the vocals reminded me of a mix of Franz Ferdinand and Anthony Calidris. Who? Like if they had a baby, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers singer. Yeah. And then the Franz Ferdinand singer. Yeah. If they had a baby. And then he grew up and then fronted this band. I've I've got to admit. As much as I like the song Hollywood, it took me a bit off guard. Yeah. Like, I heard the guitar, and I went, oh, loud guitar riff. This is promising. Then, like, he starts doing his monotone sort of rap thing. Then out of nowhere, the yeah. backup vocal just suddenly, Hollywood makes me want to puke. <laughs> out of nowhere, <laughs> and I'm like, what? And then there's that really weird section where it's just a guy sort of just shouting. And I'm like, what? What's happening? Because it kind of yeah. came out of nowhere, but I still like the song quite a lot. Like, yeah. As a whole, I I quite like it. The first yeah. the first time I heard it, I went, oh, it's just a, you know, it's just a electronic inspired it, it, like rock yeah. album. It's all right. I mean, I'll keep listening to it so I can like, make notes on it so I can discuss things. But the more I've listened to it, the more I've gone, actually, this is quite good. That, that's Cause... probably where I've gone wrong. Because I'm in the place where it's, like, it's all right. It's not as good as um, X. The more I've listened to it, the more I hear little things going on in the background. And the yeah. more I start to notice the nuances. Because I'm not focused on where the song is. I'm yeah, focused on that... where individual parts is. Yeah. The, That's definitely me because, like, I've listened to this album once, twice. Uh, yeah, I yeah. Think, okay. In the lead up, so I think that's where I've gone wrong. Well, all I'd say is listen to it a couple more times because yeah. it, it, it is one of them albums that is sort of just, you know, like you're like, yeah. uh, it's okay, it's all right, but then like one time you'll listen to it and then you'll go, oh, this is actually quite good. Yeah. I mean. I'm not sure I have much else to say, really, other than that it's just quite good. Yeah. You know, some uh, songs, it's danceable, makes you want to get up and do a jig, but then it maintains the rock sound really well. I think it is hostile. It's, yeah, it's Deadline's Hostile, which has the big build-up from the Strokes signing segment. Yeah. And then the guitars come in, and the synths take a back seat in the mix, which is quite rare for this album. Quite often, yeah. the synths are the integral part of the song. But in Hostel, the guitars are brought forward, just playing straight chords, and it brings the rock element in. But it's still mixed well, so that the electronics are still there and are still contributing yeah. to the sound. Um, just quickly before we move on to the next album, yeah, I want to say for so for, for deadlines, track seven deadlines, which yep. thoughtful. is thoughtful, yep. thoughtful, um. I was also looking on Genius Lyrics again, because mm-hmm. that's where you get all. That's where I got all my information from. And I took this other quote, 
Uh, from Will. What? I almost said Will Katz, but it's not Will Katz. It's Will Toledo and Andrew Katz. But <laughs> Will said the line, "Oh, compassion is transforming me into." The grammar isn't very good on genius lyrics. Into dash. It's an unfinished thought because I think that's the ellipsis is the end of the thought in a way. It kind of ties back to Martin and just when I think I'm gone, you change the track I'm on, you have a slightly different idea here of compassion taking you off that track, whatever track you go down. So it's quite obvious that he put a lot of effort into this album. Yeah. He definitely I, thought about it a lot. Personally, I'm not too bothered by it. I don't listen to this album for the information in it. I don't listen to it for... Yeah. I don't even listen to it for like the lyrics. It's more one of them albums that I'll put on while I'm on a walk just because I want something that's nice and upbeat. Yeah. yeah. I thought, like, some of the... Specifically track two, but most of the album have a lot of like 80s pop vibes. And by 80s yeah. pop vibes, I don't mean 80s pop vibes, I mean stereotypical 80s pop vibes. Yeah, as in like yeah. when modern 2019 artists version of 80s pop. Yeah, which we will be bringing up again in a bit. Yeah. But not for uh, I also thought track two would have been a better track four or five. Track two is Can't Cool Me Down. Can't I just thought because. No, continue. Continue. No, I, I'm sorry for interjecting. You keep going. Right, okay. So I thought track, uh, Can't Call Me Down would have been a better track four or five because, like, um, I don't know if this is autocorrect. I said movie because it's written down Weightlifters. Oh, that is right. Okay. Um, Weightlifters, I thought, was, like, very high energy. And then Can't Call Me Down, it's, you know, it's not as high, you know... Like, you want a track two that can complement track one. Yeah. And then that's your segue into your slower stuff. Yeah. But I just thought it sort of lost all energy as soon as Can't Call Me Down came on. So I thought if it was further down and moved some at higher energy further up, it would have been better. I think an interesting thing, which I think you're going to be just as confused about as I was. Yeah. Um, Can't Call Me Down... Right. Yeah. Was yeah. the first single from this album. Wow. wow. Right. I disagree with that. I, I totally do, disagree. I do with not that. think it should have been. I don't even think it should have been a single. Yeah, it definitely. I think that. I think there's much better songs in it. It could be way better singles. You know, him yeah. remix. Yeah. Even Martin, this is the one. The yeah. acoustic guitar in it is quite good. Hollywood, Deadline's hostile. Deadline's thoughtful. I, I, I can't quite understand why Can't Call Me Down was the lead single. Because yeah. for me, it doesn't represent the album as a whole. It's one of the al- it's yeah. one of the songs on the album that's quite different. So I'm not quite yeah, sure. Yeah, it is quite different. Yeah, so I'm not quite sure what the thought process was yeah. there. Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah. Uh, Weightlift was the first song yeah. written yeah. for the album. And I think he said it was written in 2015. Mm-hmm. So it was written, literally, the first song for the album. Which I can sort of tell. 
Because yeah. it sounds like everything. It seems the most freshest. Off. Yeah, it seems like it's the oldest song, but it sounds the most fresh, which is really weird. Yeah. yeah. But as in, yeah. it sort of sounds like everything else is sort of based off that. Yeah. yeah. It's like they wrote a really good song, decided, oh, we might change how we want to be and change the sound, and then tried to write everything else with that in mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So, in essence, people, we like this album. It is good. I like it a bit less because I've only heard it twice. But the, you'll probably like it if you listen to it. Yeah, if you, if you like rock with some electronic influence, with some yeah. dance elements in it, you probably like this because it's just a good version of what that is. Yeah, so yeah, I'd, uh, go, I'd go as far as to say it's one of the best albums that blends the genres. Yeah. Just because of the production. Because I don't think anyone yeah, yeah. could deny the production is fantastic. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that was Making a Door Less Open yeah. by Carsey Headrest, which has been out for like a month now because it came out first of May. I don't like the limelight. So we don't hold hands in daylight. I still drag the closet. All my limbs, they ache inside. And surely, all my family, Obviously, that's the third album of the week. Yes. Yeah. A uh, much anticipated album for me and Jared, considering they are. They're, in my, they're, they're in my top three bands. They're, they're definitely in my top five. Don't even know what the other four are, so. Uh, well, I don't I'd, I'd probably say they're joint one, maybe number two. They might be slightly yeah. number two. Probably ever, ever like by a smidgen number two in my all time favorite bands list. Um, yeah. The new album from Enter Shikari Nothing is True and Everything is Possible, the follow up to 27. Is it 2017? Uh, yes. 2017's The Spark, which at first I thought was excellent and then I thought it was mediocre and then I thought it was just good. And now I still think it's just good. It's my least Pretty favorite Shikari album. Yeah. It's my yeah, least I favorite. Can see that. But that's personal stuff. Yeah. yeah. So for me, this part came at the point where I have stopped listening to this band. I listened to them for about a year, quite, quite frequently. But they were one of them bands that I didn't tell any of my friends about because I didn't really know anyone who liked heavier stuff. Like, even Jarrett didn't like heavier stuff then. Not at that point. No. So, I was still for a while and then realised I'd rather have bands to talk about with my friends, which is when I started listening to stuff that, like, Jared would listen to. So I started introducing him to bands. And then eventually, you know, one of our friends, Joel, said, come see them. So I, didn't, I wasn't a massive fan of going to see them. Because obviously I'd stopped listening to them, I was a bit sick of them. But then going to see them did reignite that flame of I forgot how good they were because yeah. I hadn't really listened to the Spark much then. And since, I will since say then, I don't I've think that Spark has gone out for Kevin. It's just constantly been the same since we saw um, them. I'd was say twenty seventeen. Yeah, it was like November yeah. twenty seventeen. Uh, I'd say the Spark's gone down a bit, or the flame. As oh in, yeah, the spark flame has. Uh, yeah, as for in, sure. Oh, I meant as just the band as a whole. Oh, the band. Because as a I, whole. I adored yeah. them for about a month after we saw them. 
And yeah. I still love them. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they are still fantastic. But they've slowly, like ever so slowly, been burning out of my taste. Yeah. And I don't want this to sound like I'm stopping listening to them or I don't like them as much now because I do. Honestly, I do. It's just yeah. the more I hear them, the more I go, mm, I've heard this song so many times. Yeah. You need a break. Yeah, because I think the, th- the big appeal of them when you start listening to them, which I think is something you said to me, Jared, when you started listening to Probably. them. Probably. When you start listening to them, you never know what's coming next. You don't know yes. if they're going to drop it into yeah. a dubstep beat. You don't know if they're going to go metal. You don't know if they're going to drop out into a piano ballad suddenly. But once you're a fan of the band and once you've learned the ins and outs of the songs, it gets a lot more yeah. regular. I still want to say regular because they're fairly irregular in their sound. Or at least they used to be. Spoilers for this album. It becomes slightly predictable. Yes. Yeah. That brings us nicely onto the new album. Yes, it does. So, Jared. Right. Overall, I didn't write any notes for this because I've listened to the album so much I could probably do it yeah, by head. Yeah, I've got no notes either because I know everything I want to say. Uh, I'm just going to share my screen with you, Kevin, okay. to show you my... Well, uh, I, what I did was I just wrote things to remember what songs uh, which, like I will... Elegy for Extinction is Chicken Run because it sounds like the Chicken Run soundtrack. Uh-huh. Right, uh, I, I will... Score. Co- I will quickly sum this up. I will I will sum my opinions up very quickly while you're preparing to say what you want to say. Yeah. I like this album. It's quite good. But this is it's it's a big but. It's not exactly their best work. I wouldn't. It's a pretty good way of summing it up. It's good. I still think it's great. Wow, and great's maybe a bit strong. It's very good, but big but again. It's a big but, and I cannot lie. <laughs> Flipping it. Getting We've them. Got to this getting, point. getting them puns in there. An hour and six um, minutes in. And but as a whole, I don't know. It's just a bit more standard than I was expecting yeah I was definitely like um, disappointed but, by it but then again I don't know if we can complain about it being standard because they were literally hyping it up to be the definitive record yes they, it was definitely overhyped I feel I, don't... I felt if they didn't hype it up as much it probably would be liked more by I... the community uh... not that the community dislike it I think the community like it there is but, the people who don't like it, but they're the same people who didn't like the spark because it wasn't all breakdowns and yeah. Ralph screaming. As you say, the sparks, the sparks a good album. It's just not the best. It's the same with this. It's a good album. It's just not their best. I, I would, I would go as far as to argue that this album isn't a definitive album. No. For me, this isn't a definitive Shikari album. It doesn't have everything Shikari has. For something to be definitive, it needs to have everything displayed up to this point. Yeah. You know? For me, right, I don't... The thing is, I don't know if I'd swap any of the tracks out. 
Like I, don't... I think they all work on this album. Yeah, I don't know if there's any like, that I'd they go all work. Swap that out for something different. I'd rather it be a little bit longer, and have maybe two more songs, three more songs that truly yeah. go to the lengths that they didn't go to on the actual album. You know, yeah. for example, there was nothing particularly heavy. Yeah. I know. I know. Oh God, I need to cough. <coughs> Jeez. Um. Sorry about that. I uh, I know that that sounds like the most typical Shikari hater comment at this point. Oh, where's the heavy stuff? Where's my common dread sounding stuff? I'm not like that. I like it when bands clap, clap, change clap. their sound. I ch- <laughs> wrong album. <laughs> I, I like it when bands change their sound over a course of their career. You know, yeah. I, I'm I I'm not complaining that we don't get band we don't we don't get albums that sound like Common Dreads. Because if they'd have kept making Common Dreads over and over again, I would have got you a bit sick boring. of it. Yeah, but saying it's a definitive album. Rao even yeah, yeah. said in one interview, there's songs on here which wouldn't sound out of place in Common Dreads. Where are they? Okay, I'd ask I, him to name them. Yeah, I don't yeah. hear them at all. Unless he's unless he's referring to like Apocaholics Anonymous, main theme in B minor, because it's the most pretentious sounding name. Uh, well, not the most pretentious sounding name of this week. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge no. for later. Um... <laughs> I don't know. It's just they sort of hyped it up so much to be everything you love about Shikari on one album. And I was like, oh, okay. Dreamers Hotel came out. I was like, this is like Flash for the Colour meets Spark. This is cool. King came yeah. out. I was like, yeah. This is like the Spark if it was trying to be Take to Disguise. Yeah. And then Tina came out and I was like, oh, yes. Spoilers, Tina's still one of my favourites on the album. It's yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong, it's short. It's way too short. But um Yeah. With then, Reprise Free, it works extremely well. Yes, it does. And like the day before the album came out, I said no, they released Great Unknown before that. And I was like Yeah. Okay. It's not bad. The production's a bit messy, but oh well. And then the day before the album came out, Satellites was released and I was like Okay, so all five of the singles admittedly do sound different. But then again, they've all sort of displayed the same things. Yeah. So instead of it instead of the five songs sounding like the five different albums or the five or like five different combinations, they yeah. sort of all sounded like the Spark and Flash Flood had a baby. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I get that. I think in order for them to have definitive they would have needed some sort of like like mythical imagery in the lyrics for like Take to the Skies or just had more breakdowns in the lyrics, a guitar-centered yeah, yeah. song, which I've got to admit I missed on this song, There's, on this yeah. album. There's no album that's guitar-centered. Yeah. And then like for like the Mind Sweep, they could have just had something massively heavy. They could have even just had something that wasn't as heavy and it was just a bit more futuristic sounding. Which yeah. I think they tried to do, but for me, they failed. Yeah, but they w- definitely actually, tried to do, do I would it, say yeah. failed. I'd say fell short of the mark. Yeah. Because it's still good. It's not like it's bad. 
It's just they tried yeah. to do something, and I don't think it's as, su- as successful as they think it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. What I find with most Shikari albums is all the songs are generally good. There's ones I dislike more than others. Yeah, there's none that I dislike. It's just ones I like more than others. Yeah. Uh, for instance, Crossing the Rubicon. That's, um, well, on my list, I put that it was Rubicon, slow, bad. Just as some quick notes, just so I can remember it. But it's not that it's bad, it's just that it's slow. They they also took the pop elements of the spark, but took out the Shikari sound from it. So it sounded yeah. more just like pop. Jared, plot twist. Yes. Drawn a massive plot twist. Yes, plot twist me. Crossing the Rubicon is not my least favourite song on the album. Is it waltzing off the face of the earth? Because no. I'm not a massive fan of that one either. Uh, no, it is not that. The my... other waltzing off the face of the earth. No, my least favourite song on the album is The Pressure's yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that it, one is a bit... It's not that it's bad, it's just it does nothing for me. Yeah, it, it reminded me nothing. of Summer on the Spark. Um, yeah, it sounds like it should have been on the Spark. But I but, can't... I can't. Pl- but then it has that weird... I can't place what song it is. It has the weird I think, synth breakdown at the end that yeah. sounds sort of out of place. Yeah. And it sort of feels like they had a couple of ideas that they just had to mash together. It's sort of like if Undercover Agents and Shinrin Yoko... That's it. Undercover, uh, undercover <laughs> Agents. If Undercover yeah. if undercover Agents was remixed into a Shinrin Yoku type song, I feel like that's what yeah. it is. And I, I just don't think that's the best thing they could have done with that song. Yeah. They could have taken it off very easily and replaced it with something a bit more energetic. Because most times yeah. when I'm listening to the album, that song goes on. It just passes me by. Yeah. You know, it comes out of Apocaholics Anonymous. I'm still vibing on the rave beat. That comes on and I'm like, oh, okay. And then Reprise 3 into Tina, I'm pretty sure, isn't it? Yeah, then it's straight uh, into Reprise yes. 3. Into... So it's placed between two of my favourite songs on the album. Yeah. So it sort of just gets glossed over for me. Crossing the Rubicon is not as bad as I thought it was initially. It's still cheesy. The production's still a bit... Yeah. I hope people yeah. who are just listening to this know what I mean by... Because mm, I'm doing that a lot. Um, okay, I'll do a key. I'll I, do a key. So that means it's all right, but... It's not like um, what's an album with good production. Stalled. It's not like. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm just watching you pull up. What's about an album? It's not. It's not places. like um, the what they called making a door less open. Okay. The production on that's great. Yeah. This album is all right, but it's not that. But go. then again, we've got to take into the fact that the whole thing was produced by Rao in his front room. Yeah, you do have they, to take that they into had account. To finish, a, they had to, they had to finish... Produ- they recorded it all in Rao's front room. 
yeah. and they had to finish recording it while in lockdown, like the first couple of weeks. So I mean, you got to take that into account. But then again, yeah, I I don't know because some of the songs on the album do display that he can produce songs like this very very well. It's yeah, just some yeah. of them fall a bit dead. Yeah. Actually, something I wanted to talk to you about, because we have both discussed how important this is in the past. Every Enter Shikori album up to this point has had an amazing intro track. Yes. First album had the self-titled. Yeah. Which was great. You know, Common Dreads had Common Dreads into Solidarity. Solidarity is fantastic. Um, Flash Flood has my favourite. System Meltdown. You can't beat System yeah. Meltdown. Minesweep had a pill and a Minesweep 1, which I also think is fantastic. Spark yeah. had the spark into the sights. Great. Yeah. Where does the great unknown place? Mine, I, I'm I'm right down there at the bottom. Last or second it's, to last. It's not high. It's because every other, most, almost every other Shikari album, even though Enter Shikari, like the song. Yeah. Isn't hasn't got an instrumental before it. The first like minute of it is an instrumental. Almost yeah. every Shikari, like every Shikari album, started with either an instrumental or just an intro before the first song. Yeah. But this album yeah. sort of just goes straight into it. Yeah. So it's. I sort of like do the, like that effect a bit though, because like, it's the first time they've done it. So people turn on the album and they're expecting yeah. a one to two minute instrumental song. And then they just get and then into Shikari. I'm not sure. I don't. I. I. Right. This album's been out for nearly two months now. I think. Yeah. And I'm still undecided about what I think about it. Yeah. I like it. I know that much. Yeah. I like it. Some of the songs on it are. I would go as far to say that some of the songs on it are great. Yeah. But some of the songs on it, whoo, they are yeah. not great. <laughs> Very hit yeah. and miss. But then yeah, again, it is. it's one of them albums where all the songs fade into each other. Yeah. So if I was to take one song off the album and stick it on a playlist, it'd sound really out of place. Yeah. Because like, instead of just getting the song, it's meant to fade out into another song. Yeah. You just get like I kind, a chord. I kind of like that as well, because it's like a, a story. Yeah, it is. It's it's a story. It's not just like an album of songs that aren't linked at all. Also, can I just say? Yeah. It's 43 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to. I'm I'm just going to get it up. Because if this isn't. Right, the spark is two minutes shorter. Yeah. Yeah, it goes a lot slower for me. Yeah. Like. If you know what I mean? Yeah. The spark is two minutes shorter. The mind switch one minute longer. Yeah. But I I somehow... The, it feels longer listening to the spark, even though it's two minutes shorter than this. Flash Flood's the same amount of time. But Flash yeah. Flood still goes longer than this. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, for me, this album... When I put it on, I feel like it's just in and out really quick. Yeah. 
I feel like it's just a bit too short. Not not too much. Maybe just one or two more songs could have fleshed it out that little bit more. Yeah. Because, interesting, their first album, Take to Disguise, is their longest at 53 minutes. Yeah. I don't know. It's just the album feels like it comes in, gets the job done, and leaves. Which I'm on board with for most bands. But for Shikari... I expect dramatic. I expect yeah. showmanship. I expect weird things coming in and out to blend me in and out of these songs. I expect yeah. to be listening to it and then all of a sudden go, wait, what was that? Because some random guitar just come in in my left ear that's like punching me in the face. I don't get this with this album. Yeah. Yeah. What you hear in the yeah. first like 10 seconds of each song is what you get. And I think that's yeah, why I don't lackluster. like it. I don't like it as much as the others. Because it is yeah. it's not simple by any means. But for Shikari it's simple. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. There's also an issue with it. Quite a big issue. I'd argue it's the biggest yeah. issue. That I'm not going to bring up yet because it ties into our last album that we're gonna talk about because they both have yes. the same problem. Um so have you got anything else to add about this album? Anything you specifically um, like, you don't like. Actually, um, favourite track? Oh, favourite track. That's quite a difficult one. It is. Because um, all the ones that are good are like equally good. Yeah, exactly. I can, I can name you like four songs that I like less, but like all the others are just sort of there. I suppose if I had to pick one to listen to... I suppose if I had to pick one to listen to... Yeah. If you could pick if the, one song to listen to individually. If, the, if only they put Reprise 3 and Tina together. Because uh, I can only listen to Tina if I've got Reprise 3 before it for some reason. I have the same problem, but only with... I can't listen to um, Modern Living without Apocaholics Anonymous afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's because Apocaholics Anonymous is literally an instrumental based off Modern Living. Yeah. It it wouldn't work if, for that them together. So if they yeah. were together, I'd pick them as a track. But yeah. seeing as they're if, not, if I if I had to pick single songs, I'd probably it'd probably be the Great Unknown. But then, like single song. Yeah, yeah. the Great Unknown I'd or probably, Satellites. Yeah, I was gonna say I'd probably say Satellites for individual song. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it, that does seem to be the popular one, though, doesn't it, out, but, the, out of I mean, all of them? Well, I think that's one down to the message. Yeah. Because it's the first song, it's the first time Shikari's covered, like, LGBTQ plus yeah. topics. But as in, like, I think it sounds like a ballad that was written for the Spark. Yeah. But they put the... What song would it be? They put almost the instrumentation from Pack of Thieves on Flash Blood onto it. Yeah. Or Search Party. If It's like if they took the instrumental of Search Party and put that onto a ballad that they wrote for Spark, I feel like yeah. Satellites is yeah. what you get because it's got that drum and bass influence in the chorus. Yeah. Based. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what I was saying, so overall, it's a good album. I like it, but if I'm honest, it's a bit of a mess. 
it's a bit all over the place. Okay. Yes. Would you agree? Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. That is nice. the best way of summing it up. Cool. So, that was Nothing Is right. True and Everything Is Possible, the newest album from Entishikari that was released in March, I want to say. Is it March or April? Uh, I think it was April. Yeah, it's it before this, so it's out now. There you go, it's out now. After four years, I think I'm over all this. That's rich from a man who can't shit in a hotel room. He's got a shit for a bit. You make a little hobby out of going to the lobby to get things that they don't have. Does it go through you? When I'm talking to you, you know that I could sue you if we're married and you fuck up again. I press myself for stealth and bad health and my wealth and Aggressive causes and drink your kombucha and buy an edwusha. Surely it's a print cause I'm not made of it. Look the fucking state of it. I came pretty late to it. We can still be mates. It's only a picture of friends in one place. Right. On to our final album of the week. Yes. Um, this it's might been a go... very short hour and a half so far. It has. So... This, this specific album's discussion might go on for a little while. I think we've yeah. both got quite a few things to say about this album. Yeah. Uh, and I will, quickly, I, will, I will quickly put a disclaimer out. Um, parental guidance. There is probably a lot of explicit language coming up on my end. Yes, not just, me. Just don't, no, not Jared. He's an innocent child. But, oh God. I believe what? they call them Christians. Yeah. This is a Christian <laughs> podcast. Okay, right. So, wait, does, we'll does start... that, wait, does that mean we can rebrand as for God's sake? <laughs> oh, puns are coming all day. The puns are out in legions. Oh, wow. Right, right, okay. We'll actually do okay. it. Okay. Right. 1975. Notes on a conditional form. It's the fourth album by the 1975, the UK indie rock turned pop shitstorm. Oh, I've already started swearing. Shame. Um, <laughs> so, this album was stuck in development hell. It was delayed about four times. It had about three different album covers. That's the start <laughs> of its problem. So, Jared, where do we start? Where do we start um, with this album? Okay, Send so me. I had several things to say about lots of the songs on here. Yeah. Um, can, should we start off with track one? I know we're not doing like each track by track, but I thought track one was good. Track one was a good track you in mean, terms wait, of message. As in, track one as in, how dare uh, you? Or as in, <laughs> the generation the, the one, one I fucked Barack Obama at one. <laughs> Uh, the Greta Thunberg one. Oh, the one Actual that's just track called... one, 1975. That was a good track in terms yeah. of message, and it needed and, to be said, yeah, and I think that's, that's good that they put put it on that on this format to really get it out there. There are no politics to change. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, um, 
please don't come up, come after us, Greta. <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> um, uh, so, so shall we move, move on to track, track two? two? But not, not track. track. Let's just move on to um, a bit that isn't now the Greta Thunberg bit because we've yeah. done that bit because it's a good message. It doesn't really matter about the music in the background because it's just simple in it. Yeah. It worked with the message. So I think. So after that, the actual first song on the album yes. is "People." Yes. Now I don't know about you, but I think "People" is one of the most misleading lead singles for an album. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. Oh. I I heard "People" when it came out. You so did I. I. I was in the middle of loving the third album, which I still do. I know it gets a lot of hate, but I still really like that last album. But yeah, I was in the yeah. middle of liking it, and then I saw, oh, new song, let's try it. And then as soon as, like, Matty's, I don't want to say shout, because he's technically just got a weird vocal effect on, which does become a pattern over the album, um, needless to say. Um, I heard that, and I heard the guitar, like, the loud guitars and the drums, and I was like, what is happening? This isn't 1975. What? What? Yeah, it was extremely misleading. I was there, like, if they actually listened to other music and then taken that into account, have they actually done something else? I'm about to I'm about to ruin something for you. Yes. Matty Healy, the singer for the 1975. Yeah. One of his favorite bands is Rival Schools. He That's also gonna make next week a whole lot harder. And uh, the other day, he put a Hell is for Heroes song on his story because he has a Hell is for Heroes shirt. He likes metal apparently, but that influence right. is nowhere near evident. No, it is not. It's probably the cocaine he was smoking. <laughs> that cocaine he was smoking. <laughs> oh, Some people God. do smoke it. Um, Probably. So, I do. I do. people, I think it's. It, I think it's needless to say that we like it. Yes, is because it, people's it, a very good song. Because it sounds like lots of stuff we listen to anyway. Yeah. So wait, let me get the track listing up. Not that it will matter because I don't know half the songs' names because it doesn't matter. Um. So after people, it's the end. Oh, God, I forgot. Music, Music for cars. Uh, why follow up a politically charged region noise rock song with the end? Yeah. Like, they 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 got one of the most... They got the most energetic song on the album and followed it up with a pissing, like, orchestral instrumental. Yeah, Did there's just, far too many instrumentals it, it just, on this album. The thing is, the end's one of the instrumentals I like. It's just, it breaks yeah. the pace so bad. Yeah. If the, Right, if they'd have gone straight into Frail State of Mind, I wouldn't have minded. Yeah. I've never been a massive fan of Frail State of Mind. For what me, did it, I write about, about Frail State, State of Mind? For me, it's just Let too me. repetitive. I wrote, sounds like two time. Yeah. But And then I put, this could be linked in a way... Uh, so maybe two time is what's on the surface, and then frail state of mind is what's on the inside. Yeah. You like a cover, I mean, and then so I I basically did some theological things with the music. Ah. Uh, okay. Um, 
because the well the melodies are sort of the same and i looked up an in uh i looked up an article on the guardian about it ah, which said that so i didn't I mean, actually think of anything i just copied the guardian but what else do you do when you don't al- analyze lyrics that well it's a good point copy the um, guardian yeah first out of mind for me it's, it's just a bit bland it's yeah quite repetitive but yeah. also it introduces this album's biggest problem yes house drum beats yes that i've now heard way too many of <laughs> in the past few I'm pretty days. sure 95 percent of this album is house drum beats it is house drum beats and they're You've like heard... the same three beats yeah but like one of them swung <laughs> i was going over my note my notes earlier and literally for four five to eight of the songs on the album i was like feel like they use that sample a bit too much how much do you think it cost is that why they're using it so they could get their money's worth so i mean i think i think out of the four albums i've talked about this week this is the one that i think would be most important for us to go track by track yeah just because this is the only one where i feel like the pacing is terrible yeah so after first out of mind it's streaming which I'm, I'm going to yeah. be honest, I can't remember what it sounds like because it's one of those, it's one and a half minutes. It's one of those instrumentals that's just not needed. It was just put on here because why not? It, it's like, um, it's the one, you know, sounds like Spring Air. It's got the, it has like a big crescendo at the beginning. And then they're coming with loads of simps and it sounds like, Birds whistling and all that. You've just described ninety percent of this album. It has the it's violins. violins. Basically, it's just a, I think, just an average instrumental track that they recorded and they just put it there. Yeah, and then after that, oh, here we go. Now we're getting going. The birthday party. Yeah. One, one of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah, I like I like the way it I came like out of the instrumental with the drums because it's like yeah. the instrumental sort of sends you to sleep almost yeah. in your mind, and then the drums come in and they just sort of wake you up in a yeah, sort of surprise spring air sort of way. Su- surprisingly, they use an acoustic drum set because I think yeah. I think they forgot that existed when making this album. <laughs> I'm gonna talk. Uh, a lot I like the layered vocals on Birthday yeah. Party because um, it's, it's the same. I know I've said it with the two of the others here. here. The whole, you know, um, when, when things, things aren't happening, something else is happening. Yeah, yeah. But it's I like that with the vocals. It's sort of like patchy, but patchy in a good way, and it mm. works. Like if I was to do a vocal arrangement, I'd probably use that song as a sort of benchmark. I think I mean. one thing I what I am still a bit eh, not sure if I like it on the song is when he does the I seen the girls if you know what I mean I seen the girls yeah, yeah. and they were like do you wanna come and get fucked up when there's just some really <laughs> up shift like pitch shift of vocals for like no reason yeah which again is a problem on a later song but I don't know which song it is because I don't care uh, tonight, tonight I, I wish I was your, your boy. boy yeah. Fuck yeah. that. We'll come to that later. But yeah, I as listened a whole, to that and felt weirdly um, as a violated. Whole, as a whole, birthday party, yeah. I like quite a lot. It's a decent song. Yeah. Especially when it the horns come in song. towards the end. Because it's yeah. like, you think the song's going to fade out and end. And then these horns come in and it sort of almost gives it a second gust of 
energy and you're like, oh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Oh my god, the next song. <sighs> I have a few things to say about this song. Yeah, I know. Probably yeah. my least favourite song on this album. Uh, what can I say? Right, here we go. I'll give you my first impressions when I first heard it on the day it came out. Nice little synth melody comes in. The chords. Playing about with the chords. I'm like, oh, okay. It's quite a lo-fi sounding. Quite a lo-fi sounding. Quite a lo-fi sounding. Um, you know, synth. It's yeah. Sounds like they're going to introduce this nice little swung drum beat and introduce some nice vocals. No. The bloody house drum beat makes its return. First yeah. of many returns, and I'm like, oh, okay. Now where are they going to go? And I'm sat yeah. there going, I'm waiting for Matty to come in and do his typical <laughs> vocals with some weird yeah. modulation shit on it. But that's not what it does, is it? <laughs> no. Yeah, I know is the one that yeah, you're waiting for the vocals to come in. Then suddenly you just get, pick a car. <laughs> yeah, no. And I'm like, what's happening? Because <laughs> I was just like walking along going, okay, so... The house drum beats meh. It's not produced very well. You know, the nice synth thing, I guess, is alright. I'm like, okay, I'm just waiting for Matty to come along and go, it's hard to be 26. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I don't even know if he's 20. He's much older than 26, I'm pretty sure. But, um, uh, and I sat there. He's 26, 26 on the first, on the first album. album. And I'm just walking, and then suddenly, I just get, pick a cat in my, like, echoing through my head. And I'm like, what's that? And I didn't realise it was vocals at first until he went, <laughs> yeah, no. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then like the more you keep going, he just keeps going. He doesn't change his rhythm. He's 31. Just... The longer you go, he doesn't change his rhythm. And yeah. it gets to the point where it's like, stop the tube, kick the head. And I'm like, stop. This is fucking awful. <laughs> and I was like walking yeah. along, trying not to have a rage. Because the first time I listened to this, I was um, walking. And then I came back and thought, right, you know, I'm going to sit down and listen to it again, see if it's better when you just sit and focus on it. It's yeah. not. Whatever you do, don't focus your entire attention on this album. I think uh, I tried, I tried to, listen to listen to it. To it. Uh, I think I listened to it three or four times. And it was... I, yeah, I've listened I just to couldn't it. get it in my head. I've listened to it about four it was thought, always in the back burner to you me. Know, it was never there. 22 songs, nearly an hour and a half long. You can't expect someone to listen to this album loads if it's that long. Yeah. And then the track after that was Then Because She Goes, which to me uh, is... Oh, can, so I, can I just say something yeah. about the song before? Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I, just realized that I didn't think quick. it should have been 4 minutes 13 seconds. No. I reckon it should have been two minutes, two and a half at most, and that would have cut it. I think Actually, four minutes 13 was trying to get his time up. I think one of the worst things about that song, which I don't think I've even mentioned, uh, let me get up the lyric, just so I can accurately say, right. So the lyrics go, pick a card, yeah, I know. Time feels like it's changed. I don't feel the same. 
live on Mars, fuck it up. What? What does that mean? <laughs> but then also, do you know what it says after that? What? It says, time feels like it's changed. I don't feel the same, but backwards. He does a reversed audio clip. And then, really? at, then out of nowhere, he says, stop the tube, kick the head. What the hell does that mean? And then, I don't know if you can remember... I'd what, like to see what, what genius, genius lyrics, lyrics say about it. Can you remember what the chorus is? No. Uh, where it's just this really, oh, like, pitch-shifted, like, massively modified voice clip going, hit that, hit that shit, go hit that shit. Hit that shit, go hit that shit. Oh, that one, yeah. Hit that shit, go hit that shit. Hit that shit, go hit that shit. And it's like that for like the last two minutes of the song. Half the song is a pitch shifted vocal going, hit that shit, go hit that shit. Hit that shit, go hit that shit. It's just that, like two minutes. And it sounds like I'm. It feels. Right. It feels like I'm watching fucking Alvin and the Chipmunks 3. The amount of. That's what this album feels like. It feels like I'm yeah, watching Alvin yeah. and the Chipmunks. The amount of times that random pitch shift of voice comes in and starts going, and I'm like, shut up. It's just annoying. Yeah. Okay, so I've gone on Genius Lyrics, and I've gone to the bit where it says, what have the artists said about the song? So here's one from Matthew Healy himself, uh, taking out the explicits. Um, yeah, I know. I, I don't know what it means. It reminds me of kind of like hyperdub. I remember super, super... Minimal rave head music when I was growing up. It was just like synth and the drum kit. Uh, we're also big Tom York fans outside outside of Radiohead, so I think there's probably a bit of that. Uh, and then uh, M N M E described the song as probably the best of the itchy glitchy electronic tracks on the album. They are wrong. God. Yeah. Definitely. Actually. It's interesting that that quote came from the news source that rated AM as the best album of, like, the 2000s. Not the 2000s, the 2010s. Yes. The best album of the decade for NME was AM by yeah, yeah. Monkeys. Which really says a lot about NME. Yes, but anyway, um, after Year I Know, it's then because she goes. Uh, which, yes. good God. Uh, I appreciate the attempt to do a rock out rock song yeah but did the guitars need to be as loud as they were this was the point in the song uh, in the album which i was like they're just trying to sound like a lower production big american rock band they're really cashing in on that we get played on radio one yeah, and, and you can tell that they're just trying to appeal to the American market. They're not even bothered about England anymore. Yeah. It's just but, um, all about America. Um, excuse me. Matty Healy uses that typical English slang later on in the album. I don't know what song it is, but there's a song where he goes, feels weird in it. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> as in, like, he doesn't use it as in, like, a in it blood wagwan use. He uses it as in like a in it, like isn't it yeah. slang, but he doesn't do that because you can't go in it on one of your songs, and then if someone goes, so what did you say about this album? You can't just start going. Well, you know, I think this, and then go in it on one of your songs. <laughs> this don't fit. Just stick to what you're doing. 
Because his thing yeah. is, his whole thing is just, yeah, I'm middle class, and you know, but I try to act like I'm one of the lower classes because they're the ones that buy my albums because they like it when I sing about trying to fuck a girl and they like it when I sing about being in love, but it's hard because I'm in my twenties. Even though I'm not like that anymore, I'm just trying to pander to my stupid audience who thinks I'm a role model, even though I was addicted to heroin for years. Yeah, there's, there's my review. That heroin he smokes. <laughs> there's the, there's my review of Matty Healy. Um, I will I will say when I heard this song, I was like, wow, it's the fourth actual track on the album, even though we're eight songs in. Yep. Because four of them sound. Or are just or instrumentals. Yeah. The, yeah. I can. If I wanted to listen to an album of instrumentals, I would search album of instrumentals. To be honest, even if you wanted an album that has lots of instrumental on it, like an album that's got songs, but a majority of it is in, like say albums that are like six minute long songs. Yeah. Two, three minutes of the song is a song, and the other three minutes is an instrumental. And you know, yeah. actually, there's a there's an album that came out recently that we are going to talk about on a podcast soon in the next couple of weeks that does that very well. If you want an album that does six minute long songs with like four minute long instrumentals with only a little bit of song in it, just go listen to the new Elephant Tree album because it does it yeah. much better than any other album does it. Yeah. But then again, you can't really compare Elephant Trees in 1975, can you? Mm, well, it'd be a push. <laughs> it's a bit of a far-fetched. Um, uh, right. Do you want to hear something quite funny? Yes. In an NME interview, Matty Healy stated, I hope my honesty in my lyrics doesn't come across as self-indulgent. Yeah. I say ironically because one of my notes is lyrics are supposed to be honest. They come across as very self-important. Yeah, yeah. If that, like, mo- like, r- disregarding the musical element of the album. Yeah. The lyrical content, for me, seems to be quite a ego push. It yeah. sort of seems like Matty's stretching the boundary of what he can talk about on his stuff, which yeah. does, it does annoy me a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of this album's main problems, if I'm honest. The yeah. fact that this album's main thing, like, the main contributors were Matty, the singer, and I think his name's George, the drummer. Oh, yeah, oh, the, yeah drummer. the drummer. Yeah. And you can tell that. The guitarist, the bassist, yeah. the guy who plays the saxophone, their backup singers, all the people that they now have, them, have with them touring and in the studio, they took a back seat. Yeah. You know, Matty and the drummer were entirely responsible for this album and I think it's very, very obvious. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think they write all the albums as far as I'm aware. Yeah, but as in like the guitarist, the bassist and stuff, they have say in what they do and if they want to do it. Yeah. But as in like most of the songs because they're mostly electronics. Yeah. I think I read somewhere that Matty and George pretty much produced the entire thing as well. So it was yeah, like, that's unsurprising. So as in like that would be like Try to think of a good example. That would be like, um, 
No, that's a that's a fine example. That would be like um, the singer for Glassjaw. I don't know his name. Right. Writing a Glassjaw album. Yeah. Making that Glassjaw album. Recording it, producing it, releasing it, without the guitarist, the drummer, the bassist ever hearing it. Yeah. To put it in more consequences, consequences. To put it in a way that makes it a bit more simple, that would be like me writing an EP for our band. Yeah. Making it all on my Mac, releasing it, but you and Warwick never hear it. Yeah. Warwick's our bassist, by the way, because we've we've not mentioned him. Um, yeah. Okay, back to the actual he album. He also goes by Was. Yeah. Back to the actual like album. Yes, yeah. albums. Um, um, so, Jesus Christ, so... 2005, God Bless America. Yeah. What a shit show of a title. Yeah. <laughs> I understand it's supposed to say something, but I don't care. I don't think it does say anything, does it really? Jesus Christ, 2005. I'm sorry, but any song that opens up with I'm in love with Jesus Christ. Sorry, Christians. I know this is a Christian podcast after all. But Hallelujah. Fuck me. You can't just... Also, you know how his lyrics are supposed to be honest? Yeah. They're in way too much detail sometimes. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know if it's the girl feature. Also, the woman who sings on it, she's not even listed yeah. as a feature. <laughs> this is a, so what's the point of her being there? She's not listed as a feature. Don't yeah. make sense. But as in, like, um, I don't know if it's the woman who sings it or him, but when they're singing about how they love the person who lives next door, to, I think it's the woman. Because she yeah, says, I the love woman. the girl next door. And I'm like, okay, so she's talking about how, how much she loves her. That's nice. And then suddenly she goes, I masturbate the second she isn't there. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking was... about? <laughs> That's, like, yeah. I understand you're trying to be honest, but you don't yeah. need to be that honest. Every time, every time I hear, well, every time I listen to that song, which is not very often, let's face yeah, it. But every time, every time I've listened to it, I've heard that bit. Of the, is that just me hearing it, or is that what it actually says? There's other moments on every time I have to check. There's other moments on this album that are exactly the same thing. Yeah. You know, well, what song is it? I think it is the end of Birthday Party when he talks yeah. about someone like running the tap to cover up the sound in a piss. And I'm like, I don't want to yeah. know, honestly. <laughs> I know you're trying to be honest about your experiences, but I don't want to know that some random person... And then he talks about having to go to the hotel lobby to take a shit because he can't do it in a hotel room. And I'm like, I don't care. In the nicest way possible. I don't care. I don't care that you can't shit in a hotel room. Sorry that I don't hear you say, I can't shit in a hotel room. And I go, that's really deep. That means he's depressed because he can't shit in a hotel room. I'm like, I don't care, Matty, that you can't shit in a hotel room. I couldn't give less of a shit that you can't... There's probably some like 14-year-old girl going, you know what, that made me cry. It's so sad that you can't, you can't have a How track. many people do you reckon you relate? You can't go to the toilet in the hotel room. That makes me so sad. I'm like, hashtag depressed. That's that's probably happening. But right Kevin, do you relate? I mean, yeah. But, <laughs> but, but no, but hear me out. No one wants to hear that in a song. No, no one doesn't. No one wants... 
His honesty is less self-indulgent. It's more just, I don't give a crap. Yeah. He's talking about <laughs> random crap that I don't care about. There's, there's like being honest about your drug addictions and stuff. Yeah. To your fans. And then another thing is telling them every single thing that you've ever done ever in right. your life. I've got a mini which... list of all of the questionable lyrics I picked up on while I was listening to this. There's well, only... Can we do it in Watch Mojo style? <laughs> no, there's only about four. Alright. Number four. Paying for their wealth with their mental health. What? Who? Who's they? Paying for their wealth. Who's them? Fans? Are they paying money to see them because you help their mental health, even though you're singing about being depressed and liking heroin? Who knows? <laughs> Number three. Would you be surprised? It's pick a card. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> it's the worst fucking thing I've heard all year. Um, number two was I'd like to meet myself and swap clothes. Hang on one sec. Honourable mentions. Honourable mentions. Here are a few honourable mentions. Um, I've got a list of the worst lyrics from this album. Um, um, uh, one second. Let me get an honourable mention up. Okay, I'll quickly explain uh, my choice for number two. I'd like to meet myself and swap clothes. It's probably not meant to be pretentious, but it sounds very pretentious to me. It sounds very like, you know what? I'd love to meet myself. Mm. I'm sure it's meant as in like a, you know, I'm reflecting on myself and me as a person. But I don't really hear that. I just hear, I'd like to meet myself. What else can that say? Have you got your honourable mention? Uh, yes, I have my honourable mention. Go on then. It is from, I believe, the next song after this. I think. Yes, the next song after this. Yeah. Um, the one where he talks about weeing himself on a Texan intersection. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand that. I never have. Wait, with George spilling things all over his bag. Yeah, so the drummer spilled stuff on his bag and Matty pissed himself. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Kevin, <laughs> here's one, here's an honourable mention for you to read out. I'm going to say... Um... Yeah. I never understood oh, that one either. No, neither did I. Like, uh... and I took shit for being quiet during the election. And maybe that's fair, but I'm a busy guy. I get stoned and go where I get paid, but it's not really how babies get made. What? Yeah. What do you want about? I feel, so, I feel like they relapsed during this song. So he didn't go, hey guys, I support this party. But then again, if he'd have done that, a bunch of people would have gone, oh, you piece of shit, why are you supporting that party? So I don't blame him for keeping quiet. Maybe that's fair, but I'm a busy guy. Yeah, busy making shit records. Um, Wrecked. And then I get stoned and go where I get paid. That sounds like he's just going, you know, I get paid to do shows, so I just get stoned and go there and I get paid. And then it's not really how babies get made. I don't know what he's on about that. Yeah. I'll take a minute when I think I won't die from stopping. What? And then he says he's a busy guy again. Yeah. <sighs> 
you know what I mean? Like, I understand he's trying to be honest. I understand that he's trying to make people see him for the person he is, not this big, oh, I'm a rock star, which he's been doing for the past, like, ten years. I, I Ooh, understand. Kevin, can you see that thing no. on the right of the screen? Yeah. Here? Yeah. Is that, is that worth, worth mentioning? mentioning? Not really. Okay. Just, just ignore, ignore that, that, people. It, it's just what he says. It's just literally what the things. It's literally what the lyrics are saying. It's just him going, "Uh, yeah, I know. I just kind of relapsed on this fucking thing, and I'm like, I don't care. I'll be honest. Do you want, do you want my yeah. number one lyric of the? Actually, no. I've got two more crap lyrics from right. this entire album. Right, what number two? I never fucked in a car. I was lying. I do it on my bed, lying down, not trying. Who cares? Who cares that yep. he was lying? If I'm honest, I never believed he did anyway. Pro probably stuck his knob in a cigarette lighter. It's like desperate. <laughs> um, number one. Um, right, so. I don't think you're going to know about this if I say it, so I think... Mm, yeah, I'm still going to mention it. In the birthday party, okay. yeah. there's a lyric that says, you know, it's after the I seen your friends at the birthday party. They were kind of fucked up before it even started. And then after that, he says, they were going to go to the Pine Grove show. They didn't know about all the weird stuff, so they just left it. Um... I don't know if you know who Pine Grove Viv is. No. They're an American emo band, and the singer pretty much got, yeah, pretty much got accused of a bunch of uh, being a wrongun. Is all I'll say. Yeah. Right. I don't want to go into detail about it because it's not very nice stuff to talk about. So when the song came out, um, essentially the song came out, and the band got loads of backlash. People were telling them to yeah. kill themselves. People were just telling them to get, like... I know it sounds <laughs> stupid, but they were telling them to get cancelled. <laughs> oh, is that why it's a question on Google when they've just typed it in? Probably. Is Pine Grove cancelled? No, I mean as in people were telling 1975 to get cancelled. Oh, 1975. People were calling yeah. for 1975 to get, like... Oh. People hated the 1975 for the lyric because they were like, yeah. really? You're just going to casually mention like this dude was like accused of being the wrong and he's pretty much found out for it. And um, so I'm reading off an article here. It's on Genius. So yeah. in an interview with Billboard, Matty refutes the assumption that their use of Pine Grove's lyrics represents the band's opinion on the situation. So people assumed that the band were taking a certain stance on the situation because of their lyric. Yeah. And he came back with saying, I thought it was quite obviously like a line about a time. And people not knowing what to do, basically. It was kind of about everyone like my age in the indie rock scene and not knowing what the fuck was up. You know what I mean? Again, like every yeah. 1975 song ever, it doesn't express an opinion. I just like to point out what I see around me. Right. And the, I think the important thing to 
see is Matty reached out to the singer of Pinegrove. So the guy who had all of the accusations against him. Yeah. He reached out to him and said, hey, is it cool if I reference the situation of my song? I'm not taking a standpoint. And the guy was like, yeah, that's cool. So, you know, to me, there was nothing wrong with that lyric. It's just yeah. a, bun- a bunch of people presumed. And went, oh my God, you piece of shit. You can't just be say that the is such and such about this person. He did this with some people and did this with some... Yeah, and I'm just like, shut up. Stupid. Yeah. So that was my number one worst lyric on the album. Because, to be honest, I just don't think it should have been included in the first place, to be honest. Yeah, okay. Uh, Kevin, so yes. on my on bit, we sort of went on to roadkill. Yeah. The only note I have is that they're still trying to be a big American band and not embrace the Britishness. It sounded... Did you have anything about that song? Not really, just that it tried to be country but failed miserably. Right, yeah. And then, right, you know the next track, Me and You Together song? Yeah. Despite being a very good... Well, I, will say, I say very good. Despite being a good song. How long have we been talking about this album already? We are halfway at through. At least half an hour. We're halfway through the album at this point. Oh, we've been speaking for two hours, three minutes, and we started at about an hour and a half minutes. So, yeah. We're halfway through this album. Yeah. It's insane. And you know from here... Yeah. I'm just going to say, from here, let's not go track by track. Right. Because track, track 11 to 22, I'm saying a good eight tracks, seven tracks out of those, like 11 tracks are instrumental. Yeah. No, no reason to be there whatsoever. Yeah. So, right, track 11, me and you together song. I like it. I, the production's not great. I'll honestly no. say that. The guitar, again, is way too loud. The vocals are mixed really low. Yeah. It's, it gets very repetitive because it's the same thing the entire way through. Yeah. I don't know if you have else to say about that. No. It, it, well, the only thing I'll say about it is it reminded me of the earlier 1975. Yeah, so. I think that's what they were going for. That's probably why they released yeah. it as a single. Yeah, because then people will go. Give people oh. false hope again. Yeah. More, More false hope. Sense. Flipping it, they're full of false hope. Um. After that is, I think there's something you should know. Yeah. Which I can't make my mind up on. I didn't write anything down for it. It didn't really do much for me. It doesn't do much for me, but there's parts of it. Yeah. I think it's like a minute from the end. There's a sudden just crescendo of what's happening, and I like that. Yeah. But it's one of them where you'll never guess what comes back. Oh, what? House beat. Yes. And I think I think I I think I think we've both realised that the second half of this album, yeah. pretty much every song is house beat, apart from like two that I can point out. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the point of the album that I really don't like. Yeah. The first half, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's okay. If they'd have left it at 11 tracks or 13, 13-ish, 
I would have been like, you know what? It's pretty good. I don't mind it. You know, it's not amazing. It's not yeah. awful. Yeah? But they have to go and stick about eight more tracks on it. Yeah. You know, nothing revealed slash everything denied did nothing for me. Actually, do you, do you want me to go on a little list? Yeah. Nothing revealed slash everything died did nothing for me. Tonight, I wish it's I denied. was... denied. Same thing. <laughs> Tonight, I wish I was your boy. Made me cringe in the beginning with the awkward pitch shifting. Then after that, did nothing for me. Shiny collarbone yeah. did nothing for me. Playing on my mind did nothing for me. Having no head did nothing for me. What should I say? Did nothing for me. Don't worry. Did nothing for me. There you go. Yeah. Right? Guys, the last track. Why is that the last track? Why are we ending on, on a soppy slow note? I've sp right, there's like three songs on the second half of this album that I'd like to quickly talk about before yeah. we end this episode. Yeah. If you're too shy, Extremely let me know. Extremely long episode. Yes. If you're yes, too shy, sorry. let me know. Yeah. Good song. I like it. Yeah, I but that's because it. it does the cheesy 80s pop sound. Yeah. It, it also, sounds like, like a, a second, second album, album classic. Saxophone solo. Can't beat a song with a saxophone solo. Yeah. To be honest, that's all I really have to say on it. I don't really have a problem with it. It's like the one song yeah. that I don't have any issues with. The last yeah. song, Guys. As I've said a minute ago, not a good album closer. I, I just said it was a generic pop rock song. Yes. And it's very soppy. Yeah. And it sounds a bit weird. Right, the last one I'd like to talk about, because it's another one of them where the situation surrounding it, I'd like to quickly get your opinion on. Track yeah, yeah. 20, Bagsy Not In yeah. Yet. Yeah. Shouldn't technically be on the album. Right. Before the album came out, the band promised 22 tracks. But when they finished yeah, yeah. recording the album, they had 21. So they literally yeah. wrote Bagsy Not In Net, the two and a half minute instrumental piece of shite, just because they said about six months before you're getting 22 tracks. Yeah. Opinions on adding a two and a half minute piece of crap just because six months ago you made a crappy remark? I would have not done that. I would rather release 21 songs that I, I thought were good. And good, good songs, songs. than release, release 21, 21 songs, songs that were good and one that might have brought it all down if it was horrendous because it was made in 10 minutes. This counts as a thing. I wouldn't have put it in. Sorry. It's just if you put every song on this album that I think fits well on an album yeah. you'd have an 8 track album so out of 22 Great tracks job, Matthew. out of 22 tracks I like 8 of the songs that's Great not great job, that's literally no, that's not just great. over a third yeah uh, one I'd like to just touch on mm. is having no head not, not except I thought it was three minutes too long. Well, it's, it is six minutes long. 
It's six minutes, five seconds. Oh, it was three minutes shorter. It drones on. It would have been great. On and After on. the three-minute mark, I'm not going to lie, I did start to get into it because that's when the whole electronic bit yeah, came yeah. in. The ending bit of then, it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. If you just took that last couple of minutes and just stuck it on, no problem. Yeah. But six minutes, when you are 18 tracks into this 22-track album, you get a six-minute-long yeah. song. Oh, yeah. it goes on and on and on. You know, I said about this album. This album goes on and yeah, on yeah. and on and on and on. And then you're like, oh, is it coming to a close? No. Let me check. <laughs> oh, no. Ten more tracks. Whoop. <laughs> yeah, uh, there is a f- few full album things. That I'd like to say. Yeah, cool. We'll cover it as a whole uh, before so, we finish. So, as a whole thing, I was heavily disappointed. It's I sort of agree. like they went. So, track two is people. So it's, it's sort of like they went, people. Yay, I like people. And they were like, oh, you like people? Well, what well, about, about this, this song? song? And then and it then was an instrumental, instrumental rubbish, rubbish one. one. And then, and then they, they were like. like so, so you didn't like this, so what about this one then? Do you like this one? No. <laughs> it's, it's just sort of like they were taunting us. I just, sort of. Uh, I just don't... Uh, it's hard I think somewhat, it'll be a while before I listen to this album again. The bits of this album that I like, I like. But obviously... Uh, stupid statement. <laughs> Stupid statement. I'm too. My brain's frazzled from thinking about this album too much. Yeah. You know, there was the, some good songs. The songs and then that, there was the songs that I like. The rest of them. I would put on an. I would put on a playlist. Yeah. So, well, most of them. You know, people, birthday party. If you're too shy. You know, I'd I'd maybe even go as far to say Jesus Christ 2005. God bless America. Because yeah. the song itself isn't that bad. I just don't want to hear about the girl masturbating. It's weird. <laughs> they, sh- they should, they should release, release a version it. with that verse out, I reckon. And they no, they should release a version that just fucking censors it. Yeah. This is a really nice soft song. It's just... I beep <laughs> when you're not there. I'm like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would be perfect. Uh, that would be perfect. Oh, do you know what the worst problem is? What? I saw a rumour somewhere. Not re- You're not ready for this. I saw a rumour somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, this is probably false. This is probably fake. I'm making this up. But I saw a rumour that in a couple of months or so, we're going to get a deluxe edition. Do you know what that apparently will feature? What? The demos for 90% of this album. So, so they've got a, an album which is probably on two CDs because it's twenty two tracks. And that yeah, no, I just want to. And express. then they're releasing the demos for ninety percent of them, which is going to be another two CDs. Can I? Just, so it's, it's, can I just say? Yeah. You know all the crappy instrumental house beat things. Yeah. That means they made versions of it that are worse. Oh, no. <laughs> that means they made versions of those crappy instrumentals, the shitty songs, and then went, you know what? Yeah, we can make oh. that better. 
So somewhere out there, there is a version of this album that is worse. And I don't <laughs> want to imagine that. No. Because you know what? I'm going to sum this up. This album is a bloated, overly long, uninteresting, boring piece of shit that serves the only, its only purpose is to inflate Matty Healy's ego so that his arsehole are wide enough for him to shove his whole body up there instead of just his head. <laughs> That's a great way of shoving. Uh... <laughs> That's a great way of shoving. Summing <laughs> uh, it up there. Um, yeah. It, uh... This record's only purpose is to make Matty Healy go on Twitter and see random teenage girls going, this album is my life because my Heedy's like so hot. That's what he wants. He wants to go yeah. online and see people going, this changed my life. And then, do you know what the sad thing is? People what? have done that for this album. Oh, yeah, you, you sent me pictures. I sent you pictures of the comments on some of the music videos. This is undoubtedly the greatest piece of art the 1975 oh, yeah. ever release. I get the I get feeling Matt sort of wants to be like a cult leader. Yeah, probably. He pretty, much, he pretty much is. Just control everyone. His fans are pretty much a cult his already. Ego. His, his, his fans are pretty much a cult already. Yeah. But I mean, oh my god, it's so... You know what? I'm going to say what I said in our chat the other day. Yeah. This album is for people who like to go to art exhibits... And just slowly nod at every piece whilst going, yes, I totally understand what this piece of art is. Yes. You know, then, they, then they'll step outside, they'll put their headphones in and go, ah, yes, lovely day at the art gallery looking at wonderful art. When they've just looked at like a square of red paint on the wall and gone, yes, yes, this means society. And then they'll walk outside, they'll shove their headphones on, they'll shove this, no, no, they'll shove their AirPods in. They'll shove, the, they'll shove this album on and they'll go, oh yes, the relaxing sounds of one man's self-indulgent fantasy into how great he is at making art. Because in the words of Matty Healy himself, I do make art, thank you very much. <laughs> in case you've not seen that yeah. video, where he watches his own music videos and then he gets angry because some people said he doesn't make art. You know what? He might make art. But you know what art it is? It's year seven, period five on a Friday art. That's what art yes. it is. It's I can't yes. be arsed, so I'm going to scribble on a page and pretend it means something art. Yes. It's inflated that. ego, can't be asked to do anything art. It's art where you've lost all respect for yourself, but you want to convince other people, yes. mainly teenage girls, that you are some sort of miracle upon the earth because you thought up of writing chocolate, which is about yeah. running away from the police. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So one thing to finish off this 1975 thing, but um, is you said something on uh, well, when we where we message. You said. Ni 1975 should take a note of the of I can't remember the album the people's name now. Car seat headrest. 
1975 should take a note of Carsey Headrest's album, because that's how to do it right. Yes. And I don't mean that as in I want 1975 to make an album that sounds like Carsey Headrest's album. I mean as in I want 1975 to just take note of it to see how they produce it, see how they mix the different genres. You know? Yeah. <sighs> this yeah. album is... I don't think there's any way of saying it other than it's fucking terrible <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. 90% of it is awful. There's a few good songs. Yeah, that's what annoys me. It's either really good or really bad. Yeah. yeah. It just annoys me, man. But I mean... You know, if anyone says to me, yo, you heard the new 1975 album, it's pretty bad. You know what my response is going to be? What? Yeah, no, because that's what I'm going to say to everyone who talks about this album. However, if... This, oh, God, I don't want to rant about this any longer because this podcast will end up being about six hours long. Right, so that was Notes on a Conditional Form by the 1975. You can go listen yeah, to it, yeah. but I would not recommend it. Unless, unless you wanted, wanted to, to, you know, see the pain that we went, went through. Unless, unless, I had to listen to it four times, times just to get any notes. It, yeah. Don't listen to it unless you want a lesson in how to shove your own head up your own arse. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Right, so, thanks for listening or not listening if you have any suggestions for us like albums to cover they can be released this year they can be old ones then you can email us at for description but not at obviously because it's an email (laughs) Um, you can email us with the email for discussions sake podcast at gmail.com no capital letters no spaces there you go no spaces Or, or you can you can you just DM us on the I'm Instagram. Gonna let, I'm gonna let Jared do this because he's better. For discussion's sake, underscore podcast. Um, also, yeah. yeah, we're also in a band of our own called Outposts. So please, if you like alternative rock music slash punk inspired music, go follow us on Instagram at um, at we underscore are underscore all underscore outposts or just go find our single fire exit on spotify this was a shame this was a shameless self-promotion yeah so you should also follow all of the bands we reviewed today would you agree jared well all of them apart from matthew healy because we don't want to make his ego even bigger for the next album it's a good point go follow all the bands we've mentioned except for the 19 actually no go to the 1975 and tell them that they're crap there's your mission right so Uh, we will be back next week probably Wednesday again if this is up on a Wednesday and we will be reviewing more releases from earlier in 2020 we will be reviewing the new Trivium album the Do Nothing EP the EP from Sugar Horse and as part of our do whatever album we want to do each week where we give an out like we take it in turns to give whatever album we want and we just talk about it. We're going to be doing United by Fate by Rival Schools next week. They're the four albums we'll be doing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you enjoyed this first episode. I know we're probably not very good at this, but thanks for listening anyway. So, it's yeah, goodbye yeah. from me. 
and me. <laughs> that was awkward. <laughs> and, oh, and, wait, and always remember, pick a card. <laughs>